You are now listening to A Hair Life, a podcast that's going to show you a side of the beauty industry that you've never seen or heard before. We capture priceless moments and interviews with your favorite celebrity hairstylists, and we discuss topics ranging from business to everyday black women hair struggles. This is A Hair Life. Welcome to A Hair Life, episode six, featuring Tokyo Bradshaw. What's going on, Tokyo? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you, for, thank you for having me. Um, so, typically, you know, when we do our interviews, I interview our guests. We pretty much get right into it. Right. Let's go. Right? So, um, Tokyo Bradshaw is the Instagram handle, is the brand at this point, right? Yep. Um, what is your actual name? Um, Tokyo Bradshaw. Really? Wow. Tokyo Bradshaw. That's the name. That's amazing. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Philadelphia. Born and raised? Born and raised. Yep. Okay. Because we typically we try to do some research to figure out where each person is from. So like, is it like North Philly? Is it South Philly? What part of Philly? I was born and raised in North Philly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. So how did you develop your skills to do hair? Was it something that like you over time? Was it something you had passion for? Um, my mom did hair. My sister did hair. So... By the time my sister was in cosmetology school, I actually used to sneak and play with her mannequins that she left at home, and you know, it was something that was always around me, and when the time came, uh, we were playing like a fashion show. Fashion shows were big, um, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do the hair for the fashion show, and then once I did the hair for the fashion show, it's something that just grew over time. I just started um, just working at it and working at it and working at it. Okay. so. What year is this that you're playing with the Maddox? It's like, place me in that setting. Uh, what, what year is it? 2019 now? That had to be about 2012. Okay. Yeah, 2012. So about seven years ago. Yeah. All right. So how, how old were you? Uh, 21, 22. I'm 28 now. Okay. So you're 28. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So what led to, because I've seen... Um, the hair, we've seen the styling, but what led to some of the other entrepreneurial endeavors? Like the Tokyo Academy, um, I saw that, uh, I've seen uh, the vendor list, um, and the morning show that you're doing. Um, for me, I'm, I'm all about impact, you know, and there is but so much um, impact you can have with service and hair. And then you look at your, your social media and you look at your insights, and there are so many more people that you can't really get a hold of or attract because you're just talking about, oh, let me do your hair, let me do your hair, let me do your hair. And it's a world of up-and-coming hairstylists, a world of up-and-coming um, hair businesses or hair brands that just need a little help. I know if I had the help that I could offer so many people that I, I, I would have been able to avoid so many like hardships and so many headaches and so many failed attempts if somebody just said, oh, hey, here's a, here's a hair vendor list. I'm not giving it away because I feel like if you're not willing to invest in your brand, then why would I invest into a brand that you're not willing to invest in as well? So that's, that's where the price comes in from. So it's like, you know, when you do things for, for, for impact, the income will follow. I like that. When you do things for impact, the income will follow. Yeah. That's deep. But, so your sister serves the inspiration kind of to get, you see your mom too did it? Yep. So does the business part of you come from them as inspiration or is it yourself, someone else in your life that did business? 
I think it was uh, okay. So black family. Um, there's um, my older sister that does hair. Um, then there's a sister that's my next sister. She um, is a full-time GM for AT&T branch, yeah. and she um, is a full-time DJ, and she's just, you know, she's an entrepreneur as well. Um, then there's me, there's my little brother. But we have, me and my other sister that I just talked about, Janae, we have the same mom and dad. And I tell this story quite often, I think it's funny because I normally will call her, but when we were younger, we would literally like sell candy like at the corner of our block. We would take the money our grandma gave us to pay tithes and offering, and then go buy candy and just sell that in the block to adults, mainly because they wanted to buy from us and the other kids were in the store. And we had a song, and the song went like this. It goes, candy stand, candy stand. We open at 12 and we close at eight, so don't chalk, let's play the hate. We we don't gotta bleep it out. Oh, I I just oh, I want to hear candy stand, candy stand. We open at twelve and we close at eight. So don't y'all niggas play your hate. That that was our theme song. So the brand and then all that was just it was instinct. So you've been it's safe to say that you've been like hustling since you were young, right? Right. So help me get there. So we start playing with mannequins. You've been hustling since you were young. Hair was the thing, but when did the hair business really take off for you? Because I've been told, and just, just reading and just hearing so many different things, that you were able to pull off six figures in two days. Um, so that's a lot. Let me say it again: <laughs> six <laughs> figures in two days. Right, right. How so, did you get there? Be, just being authentic. Mm-hmm. I think. I think just being authentic and really um, putting your not so much your customer first, not so just just putting what's right first. And, and people can um, really see that no matter what you do. And when people trust the person, they trust the brand. So I could, and me being a hairstylist, that's why you asked my name, I'm Tokyo Bradshaw. It doesn't, it's not Styles by Tokyo, it's not Tokyo Curl, this is Tokyo Bradshaw. So I can place my name on anything because the person is trusted. So if I wanted to sell microphones, if I wanted to sell hats, if I wanted to sell colognes, I can put that name anywhere. And that was what I thought about from the beginning. So me selling, making six figures, me being able to sell hair, do hair, sell a, um, a vendor list is because as long as you see Tokyo Bradshaw on it, it's like trusted. So that's kind of how it all ties in. Okay. Yeah. So was the six figure in TDs, was that from like hair sales? Or was that, that, was, that was from hair sales, but it was actually the first time I launched my hair company. Wow, so this is the first time you've ever even launched a site. Yeah, so I was a hairstylist and I supported so many other hair companies for so long, which I still will do. So if there's a hair company that want to work with me and say, hey, we want you to try our hair and, you know, make a video or make a promotional video for us, I will do that as well. Um, But the first time I launched my hair company, it was because so many people, again, I I thought about, okay, there's X amount of girls. I have a specific clientele when it comes to hair, Mm -hmm. right? But then I have another group of people that follow me that wants to be a part of the Tokyo brand. They want to be a baddie. They want to be a part of what goes on. And it's like, they may not be in the city to get their hair done. They may not be all the time be able to afford the prices. How do I get to be a part of their world and make them part of mine? So it was like, oh, just sell some hair. And I came up with a really cool sale and I literally put this out on my, my Instagram one day, one night, like two o'clock in the morning. And I woke up and I, my phone literally did not stop making a noise for like two weeks straight. What year is this? This was last year. This was last year. So you just started selling hair. I just started selling. Yep, last year. Wow. 
Wow, so how many years have you been since you like you told us since you've been doing here? Uh, about seven years. Okay, seven and a half years. Yeah, since I started. So a year ago, do you know what month it was? Uh, November. Oh, like a Black Friday. Oh, wow. It was before Black Friday okay. or after Black Friday. When is Black Friday? It was November 11th. So I, oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. Before Black Friday. I literally was like, all right, let's just let's just do it. Wow. Now, so again, just focusing on the brand itself. Right. Um, a lot of times people have like perceived notions like, oh, I want to have a website, I'm trying to be perfect, I'm like look a certain way. Were you a perfectionist in that? Or you're like, no, you know what? I, I didn't take I, too long. I, yeah, I'm an Aries. And if you know anything about being an Aries, we um, dive head first and we'll figure the shit out like as we go. Um, so I will say that there's a lot I've learned in that in that that since in that time frame. Um, but I will say that I wouldn't do anything completely differently. You get what I'm saying? Like if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't have been able to break down what I needed to learn over the time span of November till now. If that makes sense? Make perfect sense. But one thing that I've learned is to not lose. Like you can never be prepared. You get what I'm saying? Like one thing I always tell people, I ask you, it's your first time living? Is your first time living? No. You lived before. You, oh yeah, yeah. You've done yes. this thing called life. This before. is my first time. So there is never a day where you can wake up and say I'm prepared for the day. There's nothing you can do. So if you have that same mindset in business, you kind of just attack business how you attack. Like you can't say, oh, I'm waiting for it to be perfect. I'm waiting for the website to be perfect. I'm waiting for it's going to be perfect because you have to kind of stumble and bump your head to figure out what perfect look like. Because I can look at another company website whose website is lit and it's perfect, but that website may not work for the Tokyo Bradshaw brand. I can take elements of it and put it there, but I have to figure out what is perfect for my brand and my customer. Because obviously, if I have a business, their customer is not my customer. I agree. Right. So can we? Can I get that one more time? Is this your first time living? Because I want to make sure that everyone is live watching. Okay, so that they actually because that was kind of like that was a lit moment. So that's what I tell myself. So a lot of times, like when I'm getting caught up in this is not perfect, that's not perfect, this is not right. Whether it's business, my life, friends. And family, I always ask myself and the people around me, have you done this before? This, is this your first time living? And if you tell me no, which the answer is going to be no, then how are you like getting caught up in what's not right or what's going to be right? Because you don't know. You never, you, anything that you're experiencing right now, all right, put it this way. What you stressed about two weeks ago, it's not at all what you're stressing about now. And I guarantee you what you're going to be stressed about next week you're not stressed about right now. So why are you being stressed? Like, why are you trying to make things perfect? It's, you don't know, you have no control. Hmm. Wow. So you gotta do your best. No, yeah, that's, man. I'm speechless. And I'm oh, really, wow. really, really hard to impress. Um, but just staying on the podcast. Um, saw that you was in BeautyCon LA. I, I had a great time at BeautyCon. And let's talk about it. So like, with, for a person who's never been to BeautyCon or experienced it, What's the reason for going? Who was there? What did you see? What did you do? To be completely honest, um, I feel like obviously BeautyCon is for beauty brands, right? But we live in a world of influencers who control basically, they're like gatekeepers of the beauty brands, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, 
but most of us are weirdos, man. Like most of us, like we are behind the camera all day. We don't really have too many friends because we sitting there playing and makeup or curling hair. Like we're obsessed with what we do. So it's really like just being around a bunch of motherfuckers and like, oh my god, he's just like me. Like you're, you're just, and it's we. I never connected it to like a comic con where you see like the people in the like costume. Yeah. It's literally the same thing. It's just a bunch of people who just love beauty and love beauty brands and love glam, just having a ball in one big-ass room. So it's safe to say you had a great time. I had an amazing time. It, like, blew my mind. Okay. Yeah, and I've seen, I think I've seen on your Instagram, too, um, that you styled Karen Civil, and that wasn't the first time you styled her? No, I have a um, consistent relationship with Karen Civil. Um, she's actually one of, Karen's one of my favorite clients, yeah. Okay. So how does a hairstylist or expiring hairstylist listening or watching, how do they, they I mean, because Karen Civil is considered a celebrity, right? Like, how does, how does like, they, Karen Civil is be be honest, celebrity. Right. She's Karen Civil. So how do people like how did you make that connection or similar connections to people with huge impacts in our community? Um again, I have a specific clientele. So I don't care that you're a celebrity. If you're not a celebrity that represents my brand. Karen Civil is a, a woman of class and she's also a woman of power. That is my clientele. So I actually wrote um, Karen Civil and um, who else was it? Oh, Miracle Watts. I love Miracle Watts too. Yeah. But Karen specifically, I wrote Karen a year, literally a year on her DMs before she responded to me. And I said, I just love your movement. I would love to be a part of it, providing hair services. And then she wrote me back a year later because she seen me through the ranks or seen me on somebody else's page. And, you know, our network started to align. Um, and she wrote me and she was like, how often are you, are you in L.A.? And I was like, I can be there tomorrow. She's like, I'll book your flight. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. I, the most amazing part wasn't just a year ago DM, but you identify who your customer is. I know exactly who my client is. A woman of power. I know where she works. I know if she's married. I know exactly who my client is because I have to market directly to that woman. I can't talk about... Cheerios and, and cereal or, or <laughs> meats and, and, and if my client is a vegetarian, why would I even talk about that? Right. So, you pretty, like, your social media page, right, is, is it's really dope how you present different things. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I, I'm watching the uh, Tokyo Mornings. Uh, yeah. Or Tokyo Mornings Live with Mornings Mr. Bradshaw. Mr. Bradshaw. So, how did you come up with this particular concept or this particular is, I don't know what to call it a thing what, what, should, what should we call it I mean it's a it's a talk show okay it's a, definitely a talk show and um, you know it's on Instagram but it's definitely the new norm if it's not the new norm yet I'm gonna make sure that I pioneer it so what is the the vision for because I, what I like about it is um, you talk about different topics around hair like I think the topic today was you know why do you stylists go get hair salons when they're not ready, or own hair salons? Um, first and foremost, again, I'm all about impact. So I wanted to, like, I, I pride myself on being an early bird now, and it's something I struggled with. It was like one of the biggest hindrances in my career is I never really woke up on time, and I really got up early, so I wanted to do something that made me get up. You know what I mean? I always feel like you have to have something to look forward to. So I'm like, what can I do to make me kind of like really keep this going? Like, you know, other than just like working out or getting ready for the day, I need something to kind of encourage other people to get up as well, right? And I felt like um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bold guy, so I want to talk about um, the things that people aren't willing to talk about. I want to kind of, I don't want to, 
how does that song say? Um, what was it Jay Z song "Niggas in Paris"? Uh, he said, "I don't even know what the, what it means. Like it, it just gets the people going. Like yeah, that's yeah, how I yeah, feel yeah. about it. Like yeah. I have is no Otis? Is that Otis? No, it's Niggas in Paris. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. That's exactly how I spend. Like I can't really." put it in a category because I can't put it in a category because we yeah. will talk about here, we will talk about things in the industry, but if I feel like something's going on within the, the my community or what I'm seeing, I'm going to speak about it. Yeah. And that's just my platform to speak about how I feel. I start by saying this is Morning's Live with Mr. Bradshaw. This is a show where I can pretty much talk about anything I fucking want because it's my show. Yeah. It just gets the people going. That was a great fucking analogy. It, it, gets, it gets the people going. Great, first thing that in the morning. That was a great. Thank you. That was a great fucking analogy. Um, so what we talked about the great things, the different things. What challenges? I mean, like for like for me, um, I'm married, I have kids, so it's a hard time uh, balancing like work and business and family. How do you find yourself like? How do you work with a family member? Are you currently working with friends? How do you balance life in general, and how do you balance life with friends and family? Um, how do I balance like just the relationships of life and family? I have a rule. Um, and my rule is I'm willing to talk to you if I want you to stay. Mm, just, let's dig a little deeper in that. So if I fuck up, right? If I make a mistake and we're friends, you're only going to talk to me if I'm willing to stay. No, if I want you to stay. Oh, if you want me to stay. Oh, wow. So wow. if you fuck up, I go ahead. But so, if I want you to stay, if I, or if I have value for you and I want you to be in my life, I'm going to act like, yo... I don't really like what you did, or next time can you do it this way, or this this hurt me this way, or this affected me this way, and and we can have that dialogue, we can have that conversation, and I can, you know, tell based off how you respond to me. I, I just talked about this. The Bible says, and I don't want to say it wrong, but um, the Bible says, um, if, you, if if a person sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, then forgive them again and again and again and again. And when I look, it's funny because my grandma always told me I'll be a preacher when I grow up. And I just, now I sit there like, damn, like she kind of right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, the Bible says, um, if if a friend, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and then if they repent, then forgive them, no matter how many times they do it. Right. So I had to look at it. I'm like, we look at. If I say, what does rebuke mean? What you gonna say? What I'm gonna say? If I ask you, what does rebuke mean? Um, I know you asking the question. I'm, no, 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 no. It's cool. I'm, I'm gonna say like, not, I'm not gonna forgive you. I'm gonna just like put you to the side. But what does rebuke mean? Tell me. I'm asking you. And yet, from what you're understanding is, there's gonna be most people understanding what yeah. rebuke. Yeah. So I think most people believe that like Refuse. rebuke, right? Send them away. Don't like re I rebuke you the name. That's the only reference that we got. <laughs> yeah, I, rebuke I rebuke you the name yeah, of Jesus, right? right? So, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that. Yeah. It means address your concerns. Mm. It means firmly address your concerns by saying, look, I don't like this. I didn't fuck with when you did this. This means X, Y, and Z. And if that friend or, or family member expresses, repent or expresses that they, they feel bad for it, they didn't mean it, then you forgive them. Yeah. But if they don't, let them go. So do you find yourself having these moments often? Well, people All the time. I feel like I feel like you know again, the thing with like we talked about life is like life doesn't have, last forever, and you should you should reevaluate your friendships every thirty days, because if if I'm not going to be the same person I was thirty days ago, I'm not going to leave here the same person I walked in as. That's the truth. 
because it just took me and my brand and my career to a whole other level. I can't walk out here the same man. So I gotta make sure that the people around me is growing, you know, the same way. But it, I'm not carrying nobody no more. Like, if I'm going here, like I used to want to be like, oh bro, come on, like what you doing? Did it I and you realize like all this time I'm trying to make sure you with me. I'm I could have been there already. So now it's like I need to be ten notches up. I'm gonna throw you a little rope, you figure it out. That's my part. The rope is all I got for you. Because mm-hmm. I done, I done been in places where I gave people my all and my everything, and then people just act like you ain't give them nothing, or they never appreciated it from the beginning. Hmm. You know, I didn't notice your tattoos in your hand, your arm until I'm tatted. Yeah, I'm yeah. Tatted. So what was the? I see the faith tattoo. The you know, the faith tattoo and the Bible reference, kind of. Um. So. Um, my, my face, my face tattoos is literally like my commitment to being an entrepreneur. Mm. It's you know you hear oh you get face. My my, my mom was just she's seen this tattoo ten times and she goes you got another tattoo on your face. <laughs> I'm like mom you already seen no that was the, I'm like no mom you already seen this tattoo. So most people think that you're not gonna get a job or no one will give you a job if mm. if you have face tattoos. Okay well I'm cool with that. I get my own self a job or I'll make you wanna hire me one way or the other. But um. I got faith like literally right underneath my eye because I feel like a lot of people don't see themselves when they look in the mirror. Like we just look at what we have on or we just look, you know, at, you know, oh, is our, are we skinny this morning? Is, like we, or is our teeth white enough? But I like to look myself directly in the eye and in the mirror and kind of have a conversation with myself. And no matter what, I'm, I'm going to see faith first mm-hmm. when I look in the mirror. So that is just a reminder of myself every day. So, wow, I mean, that is like, I feel like I got some soul searching to do, right? Probably do. I gotta cut my friends off in 30 days. <laughs> no, you don't got, just re, just really reevaluate like what's going on here yeah. and, and don't second guess your, your instincts because honestly, that's what happened to me. And I, I'm, I, I, I've been through a lot of soul searching, you know, over the past couple months. And what I came, came up with at the end of it is, Trust your instincts. Like my instincts is very. Um, I'm 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 an Aries. We we could be a little cold. We could be a little um, very direct. We can be very cutthroat. Like we can be very cut and dry. It's, it's 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 not even black or white with us. It is what we say it is. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people who I thought was close to me, who I would take advice from, would tell me things that made me reconsider my instincts. And because it made me the person that they wanted me to be. And it wasn't the best person I was supposed to become. So when I started questioning my instincts, I started losing. <laughs> Not only did I lose them, but I just started losing, period. Mm-hmm. And it just made me just sit back. And when I reevaluated, I came up with, you seen this happening on this date, you seen the size of this happening on this date, you seen the size of this happening on this date, and you did not trust your instinct. The, the instinct that if you, walking down the street in the middle of the hood and you hear anything, you running no matter what, right? Yeah. You're not trying to figure out what it is. You're not trying to figure out the old lady is, you out. That's instinct. That's what we were given at birth, like, so we can survive. So spiritual instinct and, and, and it, it, it's the same thing, you know, than a, than a physical instinct. It's, it's literally the same thing. Wow. So I have a question, right? Your true religion's first beauty 
influencer, right? The first person to do a campaign with Choose Your Living, that's a beauty influencer. Right. How does, I mean, because, you know, even today, in 2019, people still don't believe in social media. Some people still don't believe in Instagram. I mean, is that something you think that became organic, or you think that because the social media brand or the, the Tokyo Bradshaw brand itself came it's, it's It's a mixture of a lot of things. Um, And the first thing is having a brand that can support it, that people can see. But I'll tell you this, when I even had that going on and we had a meet and greet at the True Religion store, like the first beauty influencer hairstylist to shut down a clothing store in King of Prussia Mall, it's the biggest mall, probably one of the second biggest malls in the world. You get what I'm saying? It's just like, what is that, what? Like, what, what Nikki, I love Nikki, right? Anybody know me, I love Nikki. She said, um, whatever female rapper perfume in here, I must have missed it. You get what I'm saying? Like, because people don't people people don't get what's not popular. If it's not popular, they don't get it. If they don't expect to see it, they don't get it. They expect me to go and, and host a meet and greet at a at a at a at a hair bar. They expect me to go post a meet and greet at, at Sally's Beauty. But to say, oh, Tokyo Bradshaw, the hairstylist, the beauty influencer, is hosting true religion, it's like, well, what he gotta do with true religion? Because he has a brand that people follow period like I said from the beginning if you put Tokyo Bradshaw name on it there's a, a core group of, of specific women that follow that brand so how does that come about you have a brand that can support the collaboration right and then when you are and I'm gonna just be completely transparent with this right when you are on a job with somebody like Karen Sybil and you walk into a room with the CEO of True Religion you don't keep your mouth closed Makes great sense. You don't keep your mouth closed. That's your opportunity to end when you have somebody like Karen Sibyl who's going, go ahead, go ahead. You yeah. give up because that's yeah. what she do. Then you, and one, another thing that I learned from her is that when you walk into a room, you introduce yourself to everyone. And I learned that by watching her. Because you don't know who's who in the room. When I walked in this room, I don't know who's the boss. Yeah. So I'm going to introduce myself and shake everybody's hand upon entry versus trying to wait and evaluate because you only get that one time. You get what I'm saying? I'll tell you another secret. The people that are in charge are the most insecure. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into a room and the person that's in charge of that room, you can walk up to them like, hey, I'm Tokyo, nice to meet you. They're already impressed because they feel like you and my shit. And now like I feel like, oh, like they kind of like, they're impressed. They kind of reevaluate. So yeah. when I had the opportunity to meet the CEO of True Religion, we just I introduced myself. We had a bomb-ass conversation. And then one conversation led to another conversation. We led to like, hey, why don't you like post something at the True Religion? So I'm like, oh, no problem. I will tell you what's really um, mind-blowing is how you're casually talking about this. Like this happens every single day. Because this is who I am. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just chopping up with the CEO of True Religion. You know, and just come come through the store. You know, so it's just like doing these interviews or just talking to different people. People trying to pick and choose their moments when to deliver certain things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh no, I'm just kicking it. It happened organically. It was just the thing we did. And I'm from Philly, he's in Pennsylvania. King of pressure. Yeah, but all the time, it's a little brand. Like that's what really um, says a lot about you as a person. Oh, thank character. you. Um, what I want to do really quickly while we have some time left. Is I'm, I'm gonna check and see if there are any questions on Instagram, anything that's live that we missed, or anything. Any questions? Read the questions. Ask about like giveaways and stuff. The one question was 
how did the giveaways come about during your sale? Um, yeah. So the question was, do we have a name or his name? Social media? No. Hannah Dot Glam wants to know how did the giveaway, the idea of the giveaways, come about through your last sale? Um, it was the holidays. What did you give away? Um, like, a <laughs> well, I also have an amazing publicist. <laughs> But um, we we gave away hair hair products, cash apps, um, AirPods, glasses, Gucci glasses, AirPods, Meek Mill's tickets. This is a really expensive giveaway. Cash apps. Every ten orders was free. Yeah, every ten. It was just a bunch of stuff. Every ten orders was free. It was like a free something cash. Yeah, we had this like awesome live, and it, it, was, like it was just, it was just, it was a, it was, it was, it was. This is like a real giveaway, giveaway. Yeah, it was like, like, it was like reposting. Nah, it was like every day. Yeah, every day. You just had to just be a part of like. It was like I felt like it was just like, a, a, like it was like social media and like real life, literally merch. Yeah, and it was like a constant. Like I would like wake up, and it was like, oh, we're doing this, and we're doing that, and it was just this was organic. So you had ten thousand people in live at one time. Did you? I think it was yeah, it was about like ten thousand people. We had like the number one live for like the whole entire time. Yeah, and, then, and then we said, and then you did a live show. What That's you say. Did? Yeah, and we had like a live show, a DJ, um, more giveaways. Oh, no, you also gave away a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we had a massage, we had cakes, we had uh, teeth whitening. Oh, it was like just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm obsessed with teeth. Oh, man. Damn. We have any other questions? No? All right, great, cool. I mean, you're doing a great job, right? So, um, is there anything that I missed? What's new? What's coming up? Any other? What's, what's actually, let me phrase it better. What's next for Tokyo Bradshaw? What's next? Well, specifically, I'm having a glueless frontal class um, in Philadelphia on November uh, 10th, which is a Sunday. And then I'm also having a class. Um, it's called the Industry Cheat Code. Um, and I just, with that class, it's really an interactive workshop where I really kind of bridge the gap. Because a lot, of, a lot of hairstylists doesn't realize that the industry has literally like flown by a lot of us, including myself. Sometimes I look back on social media like, oh, shop. Wait, what they doing? Braids and like you get what I'm saying? Like now they braiding the wigs. They, they gotta have rainbow colors. So beyond keeping up, I think what people really don't understand is that when you're an entrepreneur, you're literally a huge business, and you have to run every department. So you're you have to be the talent. Mm -hmm. You have to be the customer service. Mm -hmm. You have to be the the the, the marketing uh, director. You have to be the PR. You have to be the the infrastructure, the infra systems, the infrastructure manager. You're just every component. Yeah, you you get what I'm saying. And I feel like when you study hair for ten years, or five years, or six years, or two years, when you study playing the piano for so long, and you have to now survive or provide or create a business on a whole nother platform which is a whole nother art form mm. that comes kind of natural for me or I kind of surround myself with it I just kind of want to bridge the gap for new stylists current stylists old specifically older stylists who I feel like is getting lost in a world where they're still talented 
And part of it's their fault because they don't want to conform. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't need social media. You do. Yeah. I don't need to do frontal. You do. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like if I just can kind of offer those two classes and kind of not so much bridge the gap, but create the bigger picture for them. So when is the Glueless? The Glueless Funnel class is Sunday, November 10th, and the Industry Cheat Code is Sunday, November 3rd, a week apart. Wow. So how do we, how do they, how do we register for class? So tickets are on, the link is in my bio. Um, it's just a get tickets or enroll now for both classes in my link tree in my bio, and it's also on Eventbrite. So if we just type in Tokyo Bradshaw on Eventbrite, both tickets are available on Eventbrite. And they're both taking place in Philadelphia. And they're both taking place in Philadelphia. The Industry Chico class is 250 and the um, Glueless Frontal class is $400. Um, I feel like I'm an awesome teacher. You know, I feel like, you know, that, like, even in college, when I did go to college, I went to college. Where did you go? I went to the University of the Arts. I was a ballet major okay. at the University of the Arts. We studied pedagogy. Ballet major? I was a ballet major. How tall are you? I'm 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. I can still do like a tiny bit of something, like, but not, you know. But yeah, so I, we, start, we had a class that was literally my favorite class out of the, like, the whole program was pedagogy. And it's the um, pedagogy. 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 It's the study of teaching. Oh, okay. So, it's, it's, it's a, so you kind of learn really how to approach things. I always tell people I don't teach a skill set. I teach an approach. If I, if I teach you a skill set, you will literally only be able to follow those set steps and you might not get the same results. But if I teach you an approach, I teach you a way of thinking, no matter what you're faced with, you know how to approach it and conquer it. Yeah, perspective is so important. Right, very important. That was a part of the class. Oh man, so, did you finish college? Did I you? dropped out, I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. Um, I did not know I was signing up for an actual college. I thought I was just going. <laughs> I was just going to dance. I just thought my life was set. I was leaving high school and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to dance my little life away. I'm going to, at the time, I actually, my first year of college, I opened up my own dance company. Um, that's where the hate really started from. Um, but I opened up my own dance company and um, I was in college and I would walk past my professor every day. I had an English professor. I don't know if I was like, I feel like I'm like really intelligent. But I was in like English 001, that was like pre-English, but I never liked writing. I was always a math and science kind of guy. I like problem solving. Um, but I would walk past my professor every day and he'll go, you coming to class today? And I'd be like, nope. And then I eventually figured out that, you know, college is a huge expense. And um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just fall back. And then I went to work at Nordstrom, um, realized Nordstrom, Nordstrom wasn't really my thing. Um, that's when I started to do hair, um, and then I kind of got scared, and I went and got a job at Bloomingdale's. I'll tell you a funny story about Bloomingdale's. Um, I was hired as a floater, and this is how I learned to. So you went store to store to store. No, department, department, oh, department. Whoa, inside Bloomingdale. Inside Bloomingdale. Damn. But I never worked. <laughs> okay. I never worked. <laughs> yeah. I would literally clock in, and I would like walk around the women's department for like a half an hour, and I'd go to the food court. And then I'll go walk around the shoe department for half an hour. But if you were the shoe manager and you ask me where I belong, I'll be like, oh, I belong in women's. Or if you were the women's, I'm like, oh, I'm just getting the shoe. And then I'll just literally not do nothing all day. But that's how I learned when I started to get employees that, like, like not micromanage, but learn how to delegate tasks. Because mm -hmm. people are not going to work as hard as you in your business. Yeah, it's finessing. I just always remember my ass sitting in the um, King of Pressure Mall, King of Pressure Mall at the um, food court eating chicken parmesan every day. On the clock. On the clock. On making the clock. bank. 
So uh, you said employees. So how many employees do you have at the moment? Um, currently, uh, five. Okay. Like solid. Okay. Employees. Yeah. It's a great team. It's an awesome team. It's you know I can manage that. Mm-hmm. I try to have more. I try that. I can manage five core people. So we know the classes. Education is a big thing. Um. The brand is growing around the pace. Uh-huh. So, is this something that you feel like you're missing that you want to add to the business? Like a space that you're maybe too far left to get into at the moment, or is it something like you want to do that's outside of? I think it's just time for people to get to know me. That's why I'm here. Hmm. You, you, I just feel like it's really time to understand the depths of me, the layers of me, and it's just time I put myself um, on the forefront. And it's just Tokyo Bradshaw. It's nobody else, just Tokyo Bradshaw. Just Tokyo Bradshaw. So, I always try to end on a like uh, word of encouragement. Okay. So, what is something that you would tell yourself, like the younger you, when you first got started? So many things, but um, just one thing. No. Okay. Um. Fuck them. Get your money, sis. Fuck them. Get your money, sis. That's 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 one. Um. I would tell myself, um, that's it. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. That's that's what it boils down to. But what I would tell myself, because overall, that is would be sums everything. It's, yeah, it's like because at any moment, because even even with family and friends, it boils down to. Fuck them, get your money. Like, you might have to go back to them. You might have to, but and, and when it comes to that moment, because I got, there's only but a few problems that money can't solve. Can you sleep at night? Do you sleep at night? Oh my God, I sleep so good. Yeah? I sleep so good. I usually don't sleep that much, but I, I think I, I sleep good because I tell myself every night you did your best. Mm, that's why you sleep and, good. And you got tomorrow to fuck it up again. Yeah, just fuck it up all over again. That's why you sleep because I, I, I know that it's talking to other, or talking to entrepreneurs in general, a lot of times money is important or just have different ideas, so it's constantly working. But you can go to sleep, allow you sleep peacefully, every you say, fuck it up, tomorrow's another day. I go, I'm, I'm falling asleep on my couch 10 30 every night. And what time do you get up? Uh, between 5 30 and 6 o'clock every morning. Every morning now. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's. Where it was days where I would be in the bed, 10, 11 o'clock, struggling to get out of bed. You know, because, like, life changes all the time, right? And it's like, when you have something to look forward to every morning, you want to get up. You get what I'm saying? It's almost like, if I don't feel like Christmas is the next day, every night I go to sleep, then... Something's not right. And even if I don't feel like Christmas is the next day, I have a way of just reminding myself of, of what I'm grateful for every night, you know, what I'm going to commit to the next day, and, and what I forgive myself for every single night and every single morning because it, it just resets, you know, your mind. You gotta, you gotta, here's the thing. People are always trying to control their mind, right? But what's your system to control your mind? Like, what button do you press every time you're off? Brain fucking... 
like what pulls you back, right? Is I'm constantly listening to something that, that motivates me, encourage me. If it's not my own self, I'm listening to a, a book, I'm listening to Landrell, um, or I'm just trying to reconfigure my brain back to where it needs to be. But you gotta have a system to put that in place. Like a lot of times we know what we want, and that's the reason why I'm pushing this education so much because we get so many people that go, I can teach you how to make, I can teach you this and I can teach you that or you need to be doing that or you need this kind of credit score or you need to be making six figures but nobody really breaks down the how. You know what I'm saying? I see so many people take classes. Everybody that ever took my frontal class say, and I hear this a lot, they go, they don't say, oh, I didn't learn this in other classes. They say, the way that you teach it. I can, and I don't really do a lot of hands-on. A lot of people say, I need a hands-on class, and I can make more money from a hands-on class, but I tell people, I can guarantee you, you will know how to do a front of if you take this watch along class, and it'll save you money. Because it's really about approach. Uh, how can I say this? And this, this is not, this is just the industry as a whole, right? Right. So when they come to you, how do you feel about other people that offer, not naming people, but how do you feel about, not just hair, but individuals that offer classes in our community, when you get the second time around, you get the student, and realize they never learned it the first time? Um, it's, it's, it's the education, educate, oh, excuse me, it's the educator's fault and it's also the student's fault. Because a lot of people are booking these classes because they just want one chance to be in the same room as that person. They're not booking to really learn. You get what I'm saying? Like no, they're not. They're, they're booking to because they feel like they want a piece of that person's life. So they don't go in there with the mindset that I tell people all the time: don't take my class if you never tried doing a problem before. Because I'm not there to teach you. I'm there to just correct what you already know. When I took my first funnel class, I took my first funnel class. Uh, five years ago, maybe five, six years ago, Kellen Derrick was teaching frontal classes. Um, I was like knee deep already taking frontal clients. And um, my business was just growing and I was blowing money on clothes and sneakers and stuff. And I had just bought this fly as Michael Kors watch. And he was like, oh, he teaches the class. Baby, that watch went back to Nordstrom so fast. <laughs> that watch went right back. I took that watch right back. I booked my class. And I learned two things from, the, from that class. I learned how to cut the lace, and I learned how to present myself in that class. It was two things that I learned. And it was maybe like a $700 class and a trip to New York, because I wanted to be the first class to, to learn it. But it's, it's when you know, you have to go in these classes knowing specifically what you need to walk away with. I start all my classes with, write down three questions that if you walk away learning these three things, you'll be satisfied with the money you spent. And I make sure all those questions are answered before we go. That's a really great idea. Thank you. Wow. I mean, um, thank you so much for your time. Of course. I, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Episode six of A Hair Life with Tokyo Bradshaw. Tokyo Bradshaw. The one, the only. The oh, one and only. Yeah. This is a really dope conversation. Thank man. you. It Thank you. Like yeah, we gotta do this again. It's Maybe like we can get another hairstylist in and really yeah, create that dialogue. Like a rich table talk. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, shucks. I hope we can add this to the end. Um, are you planning to go on tour with the classes or 
do you feel like that tour thing is kind of like overrated now because everyone's kind of <laughs> hopping in and hopping out? I'm gonna be honest, you guys. I don't like traveling without my assistant, and it's I can't really pull her away from because she holds me down, right? So it's like if I pull her out of her element and take her around. She does it, but she get frazzled, and then I'm frazzled, but it's like, I do have something that's going to, the internet, you know, things move fast, but you can just download a PDF and download a video, so the Google's Frontal Webinars are going to be right on your iPhones before Christmas. All, all of this and the class on November 3rd we are definitely going to be have a live webinar and people can access that as well so that's something that we literally just talked about right before we came here and I wanted to make sure that whatever the platform is we're using is ran every week up into the class to make sure it works because I don't want anything to go wrong with that now that I'm going to be very particular about very particular about but yeah, so Tokyo Bradshaw, educational. I mean, like, it's just so much coming, you know. So I have my YouTube channel, which is Steady Growing, and YouTube is so much fun. You like YouTube land? Yeah. Like, it's so much fun. YouTube, turn the mic back on. What is YouTube land? It's a whole other world. Like, each, people don't understand. <laughs> it's a whole other world. You gotta be, <laughs> like, each platform, you're a different version of yourself. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because I'm already Tokyo Bradshaw on t Instagram. That's where a majority of my following is. But if you go to my Twitter, you'll really know who I am. Like, my Twitter, like, I've just... Same handle? Same. Uh, my Twitter handle is, yeah, Tokyo underscore Bradshaw. Okay. Um, but, like, if some, all of my thoughts go to Twitter. Um, all, most of my experiences go to Twitter. I don't promote my Twitter because I kind of want it to be my little kind of like safe ground yeah but then when you get to youtube land like you gotta be this whole other person like you gotta kind of step into youtube land and you're there to to educate and inspire and kind of just show people like you people don't realize that social media period you have to be authentically yourself but on youtube you really can be yourself with within like pg-13 brackets especially if you're trying to really really monetize yeah. but you get to just because for me, Tokyo Bradshaw, the Instagram person, was already created. And then YouTube, I get to just really just pour out way more information. You get longer videos. And then you, when you're editing your videos, like, you cr I'll crack up watching myself. <laughs> like, I'll be like, bro, you, like, really funny. So I, I get to just let that out on. So do you do your own editing? I do my own editing. Yeah, he's Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro. So, and this is not just a caveat, because you said different personality, kind of, right? Uh -huh. So, I noticed there was a period where, like, on Instagram, you didn't have a hat, and then sometimes you have a hat. Oh, because... So is that part of persona, or you just love hats? No, I love those hats, because I make them myself. Oh, wow. Um, but, you, 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 I, I, okay. I feel like, I, RuPaul says something like this, where he goes, um, we're born naked and the rest is drag. So I feel like everybody has on sheep clothing. You know, no, everybody's playing pretend every day. It just depends on where you are. Like people will say, oh, you're putting on your white voice. I sure am. Hi, how are you? Like, you get what I'm saying? Or that's your I, white voice? No, that's not my, that's a white voice. What's your white voice? I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really have like a white voice, but I do have, I'm, this, <laughs> gosh, put one spot, spot. Um, I mean, it just depends on the situation. You like, white laugh? Like, <laughs> no, nah, I don't got a white laugh. I, but I mean, like, 
if I'm here, I'm speaking like this, but if I'm at the barbershop, hey, what's up? Like, where you been? It's, it's just, it's, if you can't adapt, see, people don't like for people to adapt different situations. Yeah. I'm gonna adapt no matter where I am. Like, I'm not gonna go and not be in fake. This is just another version of who I am because why would you walk in an interview saying, what's up, yo? Like, you're not gonna ever do that. Yeah. I'll tell you what's really dope, though. During this interview, we got a Jay-Z, Kanye West. I love right. Kanye. Like, metaphor. We got several Bible quotes, right? We got a Nicki Minaj reference. And now we got a RuPaul reference. All in the same interview. That's probably like the first time that's ever happened. But also, are you, are you saying to say like you're a hip-hop buff? Because I've seen you quirking different verses, different artists. Like, are you like a hardcore hip-hop fan or are you just a fan of certain artists? I'm a fan of greatness. Like, I'm truly impressed by, like, great people who, like, stand on their own. Like, that's why I love, like, I relate to Nicki and Kanye so much. Like, everything that Nicki is going through, I be like, that's me right there. Like, that's, I understand. Now, I don't agree with everything all the time, but I can understand. But one thing about Nicki and Kanye is they don't backtrack on what they said. I said what I said. Cut his fucking mic off. I said what I said, and that's who I am. Yeah. I said what I said, what you want me to do? Like people, like one thing I have, the, one of the things I have a, the biggest problem, my kind moment, right? One of the things I have a biggest problem with is we live in a society where we have to shut up about people who hurt us or situations that hurt us because if I say something, I look bitter. If I say something, I look mad, right? But that's conspiracy. You get locked up for that. Mm. If somebody get murdered right there and I don't say nothing, mm. I'm going to fuck the jail because I know what happened. <laughs> I allowed it to happen. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Nor did I prevent it from happening to somebody else. So we live in a society where, like one mom came to me the other day and she was like, oh, this will happen to your cousin, but she told me not to tell nobody. And I'm like, no, I'm saying something because what happened to her is corny. Yeah. And they're going to let somebody else, and that's another thing. People don't stand, I don't expect anybody to stand up for me, but I expect you to stand up for what's right. Don't allow people to, to speak badly on my name and your presence. I don't give a fuck what you got to do with it. Defend me. If you know, you get what I'm saying? People you like me. If you know what's up, like I, people have this, oh, I don't have nothing to do with it. You do now, because now I mean you got a problem. Is that a Philly? Like, that's a Philly thing? I think, I think, I think, I just think it's a bitch thing. I think it's, I think it's for people who, who just feel like, I'm gonna play both sides. You know what I'm saying? Nikki said, pick a side, pick a side. Like, what side? You can't straddle the fence. Cause I don't want no fence straddled in there. I need you to make a decision. You know, I have a rule. If you don't know what you want to eat, I can't fuck with you. You know why? You ever have a friend that's like, yo, bro, what you want to eat? Um, I don't even know. Like, I don't, you don't know what you want to eat? It's food. <laughs> yeah. It's food. Like, why you don't know what you want to eat? Why, like, you don't already know in your mind today I'm having X, Y, and Z, or today I got a taste for da da da, or already whatever your diet is. So if you can't make a decision on what you want to eat, you can't make a decision, period. I can't fuck with you. Damn. Like, when y'all ask me what I wanted, I read the text and I, I need water with lime and a champagne, Prosecco, or rose. Thank you. I know exactly what I like because I know exactly who I am. Is that something that you find is not, not hard, but a lot that a lot of uh, stylists or just influencers these days don't know who they are? Um, 
they, they know who they are. But once you get to a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of influence, you become what the industry wants you to become because you want to make that coin. And I, I can't, like, yeah, you say, um, even if the money load can't pay me, can't. I'd rather do something for free that's going to be impactful than do something that's going to pay me. Because I'm going to get paid from that impact one way or another. It's like a blessing. Like, yeah. if you bless you other people, the impact, income will come. it's going to follow you. Yeah. It's going to follow you when you really have an impact over people. Like, and that's, it's a responsibility that comes with being an influencer. Like, I, I think people people take that lightly. I think people think it's like a, 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 a trophy. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 I can't wait till I get to the point in my life where I can match my life story with somebody in the Bible because I know it's in there. Like, I know everything that I experienced in my life. I know once I read, my goal in 2020 is to read the Bible from cover to cover and find my life story because I know it's in there. Mm. But when you know you have that responsibility and people watch you, like I had an experience the other day. I ended my frontal class and I went to, um, I think we're in like a, a, a Target or Walmart parking lot. And I'm already just recording videos and they can my phone. I'm going up and I see this lady out the corner of my eyes. I'm trying to ignore her because I'm just in my video or whatever. And she literally was like watching me and she, she's like, I can't help it. Are you Tokyo? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh my God, I follow you. And she said to me, this is what got me. She said, didn't you just end your frontal class? And I'm like, how you know? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how you know? Like, like I said, like, there, then she came over and she was like, I got your hair in, and I, I, I love your hair. Thanks for th always thinking about us who can't really afford it all the time. And I dyed your red. I followed your steps on Instagram. And I'm like, I was blown away because you don't realize like people really are influenced by you. And yeah. I think that yeah. people don't understand that that holds a responsibility. And just like on my morning show, like you got to be willing to really hold on to that no matter who feelings it hurt because you have some people who no longer want to follow you because you can make one post and they no longer oh, I don't, it doesn't they don't really agree they don't really agree with what you said maybe it offended them slightly so then people say oh, I'm not posting that it's going to offend me people I don't want to offend anybody that's never my intentions but people kind of start to scale back on what they actually how they actually feel about the situation because they want to be politically correct mm. but I don't give a fuck if you stop following me yeah. For whatever reason, once you no longer agree with me, you no longer agree with me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like why? Why would I hold on? I'm studying, trying to change who I am to salvage, and that's what I did personally. I changed who I was to maintain relationships. Yeah, that's toxic, bitch, bro. I'm so glad I'm like past that. Like yeah. it's 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 so toxic because nothing makes sense. Like when you try to change who you are instinctively and innately, nothing around you makes sense. But in that situation, that's why I want to say I want to find my story in the Bible because when your life, everybody's life is going to fall apart. At some point in your life, nothing is going to make sense. And if you, whatever God you believe in, that God is going to give you just enough. You're, you're not going to know how these fucking bills getting paid. You're not going to know where these where the rise is coming from, where the phone calls is coming from, and it's gonna be literally just enough. And then when you, when I went through that moment, I had to realize that everything in my life fell apart. There was nobody in my life from last week. And I had to get through that, and when I came out of it, 
you know, when you're going through the tunnel, when you on your way to New York, and you finally like coming out of the um, what's that tunnel? The, uh, Lincoln Tunnel. The Lincoln Tunnel. You kind of see a little bit of light. Yeah. When you start to see that light, it might get dark again. You might not get to New York. Yeah. It might get dark again because you didn't learn that lesson that you're supposed to learn in that darkness. So you might gotta go through it again. It might not be the lesson you thought it was. But when everything fall apart, the greatest thing that come out of that is that you get to put the pieces back the way you want them. And you get to move this here, and move that here, and move this here. It's not on nobody else's time. Before that life fell apart, that was life that was controlled by everybody else. But when, when shit fall apart, the greatest thing that come out of it is you get, and that's where I'm at in my life right now. I'm just slowly, bro, like, I'm gonna be at New York Fashion Week tomorrow doing, doing a really big show tomorrow, right? And that was because I just wrote somebody, I was like, bro, I love what you're doing. Can you, can you connect me? He said, what's your email? I got an email 24 hours later. Why, why can I just go into to, to New York Fashion Week tomorrow? Because my life fell apart. And when I went and put back my life, I wanted to do hair on my time. I wanted to do hair two days out the week, four clients a day, $250 a client. That's just, that's just, that's two thousand dollars every every two days, two days out of the week. Eight thousand dollars a month working two days out of the week. So now, if I need to go to New York, I know those numbers off the back because those are my numbers every day. My assistant know those numbers. That's the numbers that we have to make. I didn't know that before. I had to reevaluate. What am I doing? Why am I slaving all day? Why am I? Why? Why do I have so much money in my bank account and I can't go and do nothing? Because. It was me doing what the people wanted. It was me trying to save this relationship and save that relationship. And when it got to a point where I'm just, I kept trying to hold on to relationships and save relationships. God, like, no, 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 no. And I'm just, no. And I found out, all right, fuck it. Fuck them, get your money, sis. And that is all, folks. That's all. <laughs>